Welcome to the Breathe Better Podcast. I'm your host, Sienna Smith. And in this episode, I'm going to share ways to eliminate or reduce anxiety, stress, and panic. Many people don't know this about me, but 20 years ago, I experienced a panic attack. I will share that story with you today, as well as some of the science behind what creates panic, anxiety, and stress, and how we can all lower our stress and anxiety levels immensely through breathing techniques. Now, you may not have experienced a full-on panic attack. Everyone on this planet who's riding around on this beautiful Mother Earth has definitely felt anxiety. For most of us, given this last year, it is bordering on panic. You can tell by what people are doing on the freeways, what people are doing in your offices, what people are doing on your homes. People are stressed. They're anxious. They're panicking. And it's coming out in all these strange ways through these microaggressions, through displaced anger, through blame, judgments, and just downright fear. I think one of the best things that any of us can do at this point in time is to get our own anxiety and panic under control. You know the saying on the airplane, secure your own oxygen mask first and then secure the person next to you. Then we will think more clearly We will make better decisions, we'll be kinder to each other, and we will feel empowered rather than powerless because we're taking our own health and well-being into our own hands and taking charge. So let's get on with the show. The good news is that the science of the breath is starting to get traction in the mainstream thanks to people like James Nestor, best-selling author of Breath, who has interviewed you know, over 300 experts and wrote an amazing book and by Patrick McEwen, who wrote The Breathing Cure, who's interviewed also many experts and has reviewed hundreds and hundreds of studies from around the world about breathing. And, you know, like Nestor and McEwen, my goal is to give information, distill the research and offer practices that are proven to help. My approach is not really technical or really heady but just to give you just enough information so you feel confident and inspired and informed enough to do the right practices the right way and to feel like you are progressing in your own health. Let's talk about the science. No one's going to argue that stress and anxiety are on the rise. A recent meta-analysis looking at the state of our mental health that just came out a few months ago And what it found was that rates of anxiety in the general population are more than three times higher during the pandemic. It also shows that it's made a substantial impact on our mental health and improvements can be made in these mental health issues by targeting individual and population level strategies. One such strategy is breathing. Now I'm gonna share a little bit about that panic attack that I had. It was about 20 years ago and I was in graduate school getting my degree in biology. So I had just moved to the Bay Area from San Diego and I needed to cross the Golden Gate Bridge several times a week to get to school. This particular morning I remember was socked in with fog and traffic was backed up through the Rainbow Tunnel and cars just 
felt like they were inching slowly towards the red arches. And if you've ever been to San Francisco, you know it's such a magical, picturesque place. But when it's foggy, it can really feel like things are closing in on you. Um, But it's also quite magical. So as I approached the bridge, I started to feel claustrophobic. And my breath became short and fast, and my heart and mind were racing. My belly gripped, and I just started to feel lightheaded, and I, I realized I was panicking. So I started to look around for an exit, but I was already past the last one. And, of course, and I vaguely remember thinking to myself, wow, what if I pass out right here, right now? Who's going to drive this car? Um, so, you know, you go through all those worst case scenarios. And then I thought, huh, what if I work with my breath? So I remember trying to do some slow breathing, but it wasn't working that well. And now I know why it wasn't working well. It's because it wasn't a practice of mine. And here I was trying to pull out the breath at last minute and see, oh, maybe it'll work in this extreme situation. (laughs) But uh, it didn't work that well. Needless to say, I managed to get over the bridge and go to school. But that incident really made a huge impact on my life. And it's really the starting point to my regular breath practice because it wasn't enough for me to pull it out at the end. I really needed to have a practice of it so my body remembered and was familiar with that brain-body connection of breathing. It's really through a regular practice that you start to build that breathing muscle. And that's what we'll do in a little bit. So let's talk about some of the symptoms of anxiety and panic. And first, I just want to add that I'm not a therapist or a psychiatrist or a doctor. I am only offering my own life experiences and my experience working with hundreds of thousands of people as a yoga therapist for two decades. And use this information I present here to really inspire you to reflect on your own situation and take action in a way that makes sense to you. When panic sets in, it increases the heart rate. Our breathing gets faster, the mind races with worst case scenario. Uh, These symptoms rise because the amygdala is triggered. And the amygdala is really cool. It's part of the brain. It's not not the bad guy. (laughs) It assesses threats that come from our outer environment. When we perceive a threat, either real or imagined, you know, our brain doesn't really know the difference the amygdala is triggered and the amygdala basically evaluates sensory information and then it prompts a emotional response. And this area of the brain is known as the center for aggression, anger, fear, anxiety. In essence, the main job of the amygdala is to regulate fear-based emotions. So the brain sends a signal to the body to release chemicals, and those chemicals help our body to escape, defend, fight, run from a threat. You know, it triggers our muscles, blood flow to our muscles. And so our senses become heightened and we're ready to go. One of the chemicals that's released is adrenaline. Adrenaline has been shown to spike as much as two and a half times the normal amount during a panic attack. And this brings on the symptoms such as increased heart rate, even heart palpitations. In my case, the amygdala was triggered by what I perceived as a threat. And, you know, even though I'm sitting there safe in my car, nothing's harming me, I'm playing my music, right? I'm enjoying the view. 
but my mind and emotion sensed fear. And so it basically signaled a release of chemicals into my bloodstream that would help me survive a threat. The uncomfortable physical symptoms really began to set in as I described earlier. So here's the fascinating thing though. Research shows that panic attacks may not come on as unexpectedly as they seem. So the physical changes may start well before the attack. In one study, uh, according to WebMD, people with panic disorder wore devices that tracked their heart activity, the sweating and the breathing. And the results showed lower than normal levels of carbon dioxide. And that's a sign of rapid deep breathing that can leave you breathless as early as about 45 minutes before the panic attack. This is where there is hope. It's hope for anyone experiencing anxiety and panic and even everyday stress is the fact that we're actually getting this warning signal beforehand if we can learn how to identify it. So we can work with our breath before a full-blown attack occurs or even stress spirals into chronic anxiety. So we need to learn how to educate ourselves as you're doing now, listening to this podcast. Um, Also get better at listening to the cues of our body so we can stop a panic attack and work with our rising anxiety really before it gets out of control. And we can use the breath to do this. It's not easy. And you know, it's not a quick fix, which is why I think a lot of people get turned off. They try it a couple times and then they quit, but that's not what this is about. This is about changing habits and changing habits is not done once it's done through repetition. I believe that the breath, it is a powerful non-pharmaceutical option that can be even more effective than medical alternatives because it doesn't have side effects. We'll get into specific breath practices that can help in just a moment. One more important thing to understand about the symptoms of anxiety, stress, and panic is what makes them worse. And what makes them worse is when we breathe fast, we take in too much air and we breathe through our mouth. And during stress, we unconsciously do this because our brain thinks, oh my God, I'm not getting enough air. So we basically hyperventilate. So taking too much air results in feelings of lightheadedness, shortness of breath and Disney dizziness. And if you have ever experienced these symptoms, you know how awful it is. It really feels like, you know, you're losing control of your body. Breathing too much usually goes with breathing through the mouth, which is detrimental to our health for many reasons. And I invite you to listen to the Noses King episode for more information on this. Remember that nasal breathing is what helps increase the production of nitric oxide, which then widens your blood vessels and opens your airways, and that improves your breathing. Mouth breathing does just the opposite. It actually narrows the airways, narrows blood vessels, and decreases production of nitric oxide. So you really don't get the health benefits of nasal breathing. So it's key to know that what happens when we overbreathe and we take in too much air is it actually causes a drop in carbon dioxide levels in the blood. And this is the main problem because ultimately 
this decrease in the amount of CO2 equals a decrease in the amount of oxygen that our body can actually absorb. I know, right? Rewind. So it might be hard to understand if you've never heard this before. Breathing well is actually more to do with CO2 levels than O2 levels, CO2 being carbon dioxide and O2 being oxygen. Let me explain. So in 1904, Christian Bohr, a scientist, he discovered that it's actually CO2 that facilitates the release of oxygen to the tissues and organs. So when we breathe fast, shallow, and too much, the amount of carbon dioxide in our bloodstream drops, which results in a corresponding drop in the oxygen available to our tissues and organs, including our brain. Hence, you know, like the lightheadedness when we're anxious. One of the main goals of breathing better is actually to increase our tolerance to rising CO2 levels. So we don't gasp for air or feel like we're short on breath. We need to get used to having the CO2 circulating and not triggering our brain to overbreathe. So it's actually the rising CO2 level that makes us feel that shortness of breath. And that's why we then keep over breathing, but that only makes things worse. This should help clarify my point. Okay. So think about what an actor does when they're experiencing stage fright, right? They might breathe into a paper bag. So what does that do? Well, they're definitely not getting more oxygen in the paper bag, right? Because we exhale carbon dioxide. So the paper bag's actually collecting carbon dioxide and then they're breathing it back in. So it's just a form of carbon dioxide therapy and that's allowing more oxygen to be available in our bloodstream. Another interesting effect of carbon dioxide in the blood, an Indian doctor and lifetime yoga practitioner, Dr. Singh discovered in 2017. And that is that CO2 increases the tone of the vagus nerve and crucial cranial nerve. And a lot of you may have heard of the vagus nerve, you know, it also helps slow down the heart rate. And I will do more episodes on the vagus nerve because it's really fascinating, but let's, let's keep going here. There have been many studies showing that the health benefits from increasing CO2 There are even therapies based solely on stabilizing carbon dioxide levels to improve health issues. There's even portable capnometer devices that supply real-time feedback on a person's CO2 levels, and this can help them reduce chronic and acute hyperventilation associated with the physical symptoms of anxiety. Well, you don't need to go out and get a capnometer, although some of you might. If you're a science nerd like me, just out of curiosity, what is my CO2 level? So curious, but all this research does help us decide on what breathing practices will work to decrease anxiety, stress, and panic. Okay. So here's a self-reflection time. Let's take a breath. Need a moment to absorb in all that information. And you may need to actually listen to all that again, to even grasp the concept. If this is all new to you. But I want you to think back, um, let's say on the last few years of your life, how many of you can relate to these symptoms? Have you ever experienced shortness of breath? 
Was there ever a time your palms felt sweaty? Have you ever felt your heart rate increase rapidly? Your belly tighten or have you felt lightheaded before? So these are all symptoms of anxiety and actually it's quite normal these days, but anxiety at its worst is called a panic attack. An important step in our healing process is first to recognize the early warning signs that we might be headed into a state of anxiety or panic. So now I'm going to share the two-step process that will curb or cancel your anxiety and panic over time with practice. Number one, track your overall stress level, heart rate, and breathing throughout your day. Some of you may even have a Fitbit or a device that helps you do that, but you don't have to get too specific about it. I have a way that can help you just track in general how you're doing. So this is what I recommend. Do a five breath check three times of the day, maybe once in the morning, once midday, and once in the evening. And just stop what you're doing, close your eyes, and rate each of these on a level of one to 10. One being the lowest and 10 being the highest. And this way you get to know how you're responding to the stimuli around you. And it gives you a chance to take action if you are above a level five on any of these measures. So let's do it right now just to try it out. Close your eyes and sense your overall stress level right now in this moment and get a number between one and 10, 10 being the highest. Now tune in with your heart rate. Does it feel slow, medium, or fast? And get a number between one and 10. Then check your breath rate. What is the rate of your breathing? Is it fast or is it slow? A high number would mean it's on the faster side and a low number would mean it's on the slower side. Do this assessment over the course of just five to six breaths. So it'll take you less than a minute. And if any of the numbers are over a five, then that's an indicator that you're under some sort of anxiety and you'll want to employ some kind of breathing technique. And one thing you can do is just take some slow, deep measured breaths, even five or six of them and get you back on track. So that's kind of a quick fix. So to review, step one is to do a quick self-assessment several times a day. So awareness is king. And then step number two is to do actual breath practices that are more targeted for what you're experiencing. But remember, it takes practice. So it's really key to develop a breathing practice and that way, when you actually come across real panic or high anxiety, you have done these practices time and time again. Your brain is getting rewired. Your body is responding differently. And it's because you've practiced. You can't really just pull these practices out when you haven't practiced them right in the middle of a panic attack. They just don't work that well. Your body works better when you have repetition and you practice them regularly. Now we're going to go into the breath practice for this episode. So if you can't practice right this minute, then definitely come back to this halfway point 
Otherwise, let's find a comfortable position and let's go. Here's the breath practice. It's called light, slow, deep breathing. And it was coined that by Patrick McEwen. Remember to breathe through your nose, use your diaphragm, and let go of judgments about how your breath is showing up. Get in a comfortable seated position, or you could lie down, close your eyes, sense your breath without changing it. First step is to allow the breath to be exactly as it is. Welcome your breath, however it shows up. And softly, mindfully, start moving it into a state of light, slow, and deep. Light means not taking in a lot of air just enough. You want the breath also to be slow, slowing the breath down in a way that feels calm, light and slow. Next, you want to feel the breath deeply. So deep doesn't mean taking in a lot of air. Deep means the diaphragm is working. So you feel the belly move on the inhale and visualize the diaphragm going down as you inhale and softly up as you exhale. light breathing, slow breathing, and deep breathing. If it helps to say those words occasionally, then you can repeat those words to yourself. Light breathing, slow breathing, deep breathing. The light and slow breathing is helping to balance the CO2-O2 ratio in your blood and increase the CO2 for better oxygen absorption by the organs and the tissues. So 
So your whole body is benefiting from this light, slow, deep breathing. Do this for a few more breaths. Release the focus on the breath and just completely relax doing nothing. Allow the breath to do whatever it wants and take notice of how you feel. This next breath practice is to be used anytime to improve your breathing, but it makes use of breath holds which is especially useful for any kind of high anxiety or panic, but also really important to practice on a regular basis. Breath holds increase the level of CO2 in your body, which gives us more access to oxygen. So know that you have plenty of oxygen in your blood and try to remind yourself that you're getting plenty of air. This practice is called Many Breath Holds, and it's found in The Breathing Cure by Patrick McEwen. Here we go, sit up nice and tall, relax your shoulders, soften your belly, take an easy breath in, and an easy breath out. Basically, we will be doing this simple soft breath in, soft breath out in between all the breath holds. Here comes a breath hold. Easy breath in, soft breath out, hold the breath out, four, three, two, one, and inhale. Soft exhale. Two more regular breaths. And on your next breath, easy breath in, easy breath out, and hold the breath out. Four, three, two, one. Easy breath in. Take about three to five regular breaths in between each breath hold. And remember to really stay calm and focused during the time you're holding the breath out. And it can help to do that counting, the countdown. Four, three, two, one. Breathe in. Try a few more of these on your own. And take another 10 to 12 breaths to explore. 
doing one breath hold and three to five calm breaths in between. When you're holding the breath out, visualize yourself being very still, quiet, and calm. And how enjoyable it is to be focusing only on one thing right now. Something that is going to nourish you and support you and make your life better. Let's have you do one more. Easy breath in, soft breath out, and hold the breath out for three, two, and one. Now release the breathing technique altogether. Notice how you feel. Notice your overall stress level on a scale of one to 10. Your heart rate on a scale of one to 10. And your breathing. As you release the technique and you notice the benefits, every time you do a practice, your body remembers and you'll be building easy, calm breathing in your body for when any stress comes in the future, you will be ready for it. You will be equipped to sail through the challenges as they come. So thank you for doing this breath practice today. That's a wrap for this episode, and it's just such a joy for me to share practices that really helped my life and so many people that I've worked with. If you'd like to join me for my breathing course, which is launching very soon, visit SiennaSmith.com. Also, you can send me an email, connect with me anytime. I always love hearing from my podcast listeners. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast, and I look forward to seeing you next time.